Hello and welcome to the Study Show podcast. We are a new podcast on Substack where two science writers talk about some hopefully interesting and controversial scientific issues every week. Uh, my name's Stuart Ritchie. I'm a science writer at the Eye newspaper in the UK. And I'm Tom Chivers. I'm a science writer at semaphore.com, uh, another media organization. Yeah, and uh, we've both been writing about science for several years. Uh, we cover loads of different topics, and uh, we're going to uh, be hopefully having some uh, disagreements on some topics, uh, hopefully in some interesting ways. Um, and you can sign up on our Substack to uh, get an email every single time we put out uh, an episode. And if you're feeling extremely kind, you can also sign up to support us financially um, on the Substack. And very soon, we will have some subscriber-only content. Okay. And that's at, we are at thestudiesshowpod.substack.com. And we'll also be available wherever you get your podcast very soon. So let's go on with episode one, which is about the new controversy over weight loss drugs. Hello, Stuart. Hi. Hello. Um, Stuart, I'm confused. There is a piece, there is a story in The Guardian saying that there's this drug, relatively new drug, um, which yeah. is which is for obese people and it for it it helps it helps reduce obesity in them and it's apparently yeah so which sounds good so far and apparently it's very safe uh, and apparently it's very effective um <laughs> but everyone seems to think that's a bad thing uh there's a yeah. there's a headline saying body positivity is lost and i want no part of it um and all this sort of stuff and uh and i'm confused oh, that doesn't make any sense at all no no none at all to me either so mm. we're, we're, let, let's talk about it um yeah let's talk about that welcome to the studies show um, this is me. Uh, I'm, I'm Tom Chivers, science writer at Semaphore, and uh, you are Stuart someone or other. Yeah, I'm Stuart Ritchie. I'm a science writer at the Eye newspaper. And uh, yeah, I've been writing about this this drug and also the weird way that people have reacted to it. Yeah, fantastic. So tell me about it. So my my understanding is the drug, well, there's various sort of brand names for it, Ozempic and Wegovy or Wegovy or something. And yeah. it is something called a glucagon-like peptide 1 agonist. And I definitely know what all those words mean, but I'd like you to explain them to me. Yeah. Well, the, so the drug is semaglutide, and yeah. Wegovy and Ozempic are just different concentrations of it, different different uh, uh, doses of, of, right. of the drug. Um, Wegovy is for when you are obese, and that's like prescribed for obesity. And Ozempic is for when you have diabetes, and actually it's just prescribed off-label for obesity. So it's, it's, oh. it's, a, it's a lower dose, and it's not actually intended for uh, obesity, or maybe as, as bad obesity and yet loads of people are using it for weight loss hmm. so yeah it's semaglutide and the idea is it's a it's a drug which mimics a hormone in your brain which tells the brain or tells the tells the the, the body in general that it's full that it's uh it's had enough to eat uh, it slows down your uh digestive system it slows down your your digestion um essentially tricks the brain into thinking that it's had enough food and so um it it, it makes you less hungry uh, it seems to do this quite effectively so if you look in the trials where it's compared to uh, a placebo uh, and everyone goes on a, a diet and, and does some exercise so you know normally under normal circumstances you would just be trying diet and exercise with no assistance whatsoever yep. in this in this circumstance you you you, you get the drug um or, or a placebo and and if you're on the placebo you lose like two percent of your body weight over a year if you're on this drug you lose like 16 percent. so it's something like uh, 14 15 percent body weight uh, loss compared to placebo so i should i should we should probably being virtuous people we are make it clear that these are averages and that not everyone goes down exactly 16 percent or exactly of course and some people do lose much more weight through just diet and exercise but this is the, of course. the average right on average on average it seems to be really hard to do a diet and it seems that this thing uh, this drug semaglutide or zempic wegovy wherever it makes it much easier and actually the drug the the trials i'm talking about are wegovy which is the higher dose hmm. of the of the drug so do you go, I mean, how does it work? Do you, is it, they, 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 they go straight in on just like whack you straight into as much as, it, as much as they like? Do they taper it up? What's the, what's It the builds system? up and it builds up from like 0.25 milligrams to 0.5 to one. And then you go up to Wegovy, which is 2.4 milligrams, which is a real, like that's a, that's quite a high, a high dose. 
people have been using the one milligram dose Ozempic for diabetes for years. Mm. And it, it turns out that it really helps you control your blood sugar. Uh, so it can be a really helpful addition to the usual sorts of things which diabetics have to do, which also, you know, they have to watch what they eat and, uh, and so on. And yeah, the, you, and by the way, you inject it into your, uh, you inject it into, into I think either your stomach or your thigh or areas which have which have fat, you inject it right in there. There is a pill version too, and I think there was a trial uh, that came out just a couple of weeks ago for the first time of the of the of the pill version for weight loss, and it showed positive results as well. So it seems like it doesn't really matter how you take it, um, but the kind of the standard way to do it is to uh, get this sort of injector pen and, and inject it into your like into your stomach. So right, we know that obesity is correlated with various bad health outcomes, right? We know that people who are obese are more likely to have diabetes, more likely to end up with various forms of cancer, I think, and various forms of and, and you know cardiovascular risk and all that yeah. sort of stuff, heart disease, you know. So I suppose the obvious question is, if Ozempic cures obesity or reduces obesity, is it, does, it, does it then have a knock-on effect to these health conditions or or is it you know it reduces your obesity but you still get the but it's that's just that turns out that was just a correlation yeah, it leads your heart disease i don't think we have enough kind of long-term follow-up studies to say whether it then reduces people's deaths because obviously when you do a study into something like deaths or even events like heart attacks and stuff mm. you've got to make the study last a very very long time because of course these are quite rare events mm. uh sure they happen more often in people who are obese compared to those who aren't but they're still rare and so uh you'd have to do a very long-term study but i think theoretically speaking there's no reason to expect that you wouldn't see all the benefits that people uh see when they lose weight so lower chance of of kind of metabolic cardiovascular things like uh like like heart attacks and strokes and so on and and you know just in general you'd also expect to see the stuff that people uh report seeing when they lose lots of weight so a more positive body image uh generally you know feeling like they're uh you know perceived more seen well by society sort yeah, of yeah exactly exactly so so yeah there's you know i don't, i don't, i can't say that there's direct evidence of of all these things because you know we've only just started a couple of years ago doing trials for weight loss for these drugs and for diabetes they've been going on for much longer and actually that's how this was discovered they did the diabetes trials and they noticed that the people in the diabetes trials were losing loads of weight uh, as a kind of a quote unquote side effect of the of the drug and they were like well what if we just he took yeah. that side effect and, and, and tried it. People want to have that side effect. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I suppose. So I suppose, like, you're. I see. I take your point that you can't see the rare events, the heart, you know, heart attacks. Because if you do a study on three hundred people or whatever, you're not many of them would have heart attacks in your eighteen month study, right? Exactly. Normally, but I guess you can. You know, if you if if there are studies on diabetes, they can see whether it reduces. The, you know what you might call yes. a proxy measure, but what is actually the real, the real important thing, right? Does does their di- does their do, does their incidence of diabetes or their their um their control control of their diabetes improve? Yep. Do smaller, more regular, you know, heart heart conditions? I I feel like I've seen evidence showing that diabetes does improve in this uh, uh, for azempic patients yeah so things like hba1c which is glycated hemoglobin which is the kind of the measure of diabetes that you that you can get from a blood test uh does improve yeah when you when you when you take this okay so i mean so yeah so because just this is the thing like you know um as you can imagine i'm constantly getting in fights on twitter because i'm a journalist and that's sort of what we do for a living um but when i have got into fights about azempic uh, in the past, what seems to come up is, you know, these, these these drugs aren't actually making people healthy. They're just getting rid of the fat and we haven't solved the underlying problem. But I suppose that that can segue us into the sort of the other side of this, right? Which is, as we were talking about when we came in, it's had a a mixed reaction, right? Yeah. Not everyone, not everyone is super positive about this, about this drug. Yeah, there's a very, like, there's a whole range of different reactions of you know negative reactions i mean to me when i heard about this and when i looked at the graph from those studies it was like 15 percent weight loss from just taking a drug that's really easy to take hmm. my immediate thought was wow this is a big deal hmm. and i think that's that was the thought of very many people in the kind of obesity research world uh um you know me- medical researchers and stuff who, who read these these trials but when it kind of trickled out into the world of journalism and hot takes on uh, social media and hot takes in The Guardian and elsewhere, mm. it, you're right. It has had a very mixed uh, reception. It's odd. I mean, and very, I, mean I, I, can, I can get it, right? I, I do have a certain amount of sympathy for 
a sort of native caution about going on a drug, presumably for life, if you go on to it. Because I mean, uh, you know, um, as I understand it, and you'll you'll know more about this than me, but uh, generally, when you come off as MPIC, people tend to put the weight back on. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's one of the first kind of. We can go through like what are all the arguments yeah. that people make against it, and one of the one of the most common ones is exactly that: that when you come off the drug, you just put the weight back on. Hmm. And uh, so, there's two responses to that. I think the first one is a more general one, which is when you come off any drug that you use to help control a medical uh, condition, like if you're on uh, beta blockers for your uh, high blood pressure, hmm. um, if you start if you stop taking those drugs, your blood pressure will go back up. Uh, and, and so it doesn't. See, and by the way, if you stop dieting, which is the other intervention that people suggest for when you're overweight. Um, the weight comes back on. Yeah. You'll, you'll put the weight back on um, because you'll start eating more food. So it kind of seems a bit weird and maybe a slight double standard to say, well, if you stop taking this drug, mm. I mean, the, the stronger version of the argument is the drug is expensive and people are going to have to take it, you know, f- maybe, maybe for their whole life mm. if they want to keep, if they want to keep the weight off. That's somewhat mitigated in, uh, you know, by the fact that it's now going to be available on the NHS in the UK. And also, um, and, presumably, by the fact that obese people, you know, if I, I could, I could imagine someone saying at this point, "Oh, it's all right for us." To, so we, the taxpayers pay for the, you know, for people who can't control their own eating, uh, their health, their, their, and and I, I again, I can sort of understand why that might be a visceral reaction. But yeah. from a sort of cost benefit point of view, you've got to take into account the fact that people with severe obesity end up with an awful lot of expensive health conditions like diabetes down the line, which is, you know, right, diabetes totally. costs the NHS millions upon millions of pounds a day, right? Totally, totally. And, you know, I, I think the trajectory is likely that uh, this drug will become um, generic and become manufactured by lots of different people in, you know, in X number of years, whenever it runs out of its you know, it's 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 uh, patent, um, and will become cheaper over time. So uh, the worries about it being expensive are actually, uh, I think, a sort of temporary uh, concern. Yeah, it does seem from what I've seen, it does seem to be much more expensive in the US than in the UK. I don't know. There's some sort of market issue there. I don't quite know how that how uh, that the, works. The, the, you, I just do not. I do not understand the US market for drugs. No, I, I don't. I don't really get. It I don't quite know how it works. But um, you know, because here right now it is becoming available on the NHS uh, for people with obesity, but you can also buy it online from like health clinics if you're obese. You, you put in your details and say that you're obese, and hmm. there's been a big worry that people who are not obese are uh, asking for this as well. But um, but anyway. Shocking to, I, 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 totally, totally. But um, the uh, uh, sorry, that was the first response. Yeah. Was if you come off any drug, then you will the condition that you're using it to control will get worse. The second response is to actually look at the data. Um, there was a study done, one of the trials of people who took Wegovy f- to lose to lose weight was they took it for a year and then they came off it and then they were followed up for a year. Uh, afterwards to see what happens and the group that took that, that took Wegovy that lost you know the 15 or whatever percent of their weight they gained after a year two-thirds of that weight back okay. so you know you can look at that two different ways you can say well that's the vast majority of their weight back that seems like quite a lot but actually you know a, a whole year and only gaining back uh, two thirds yeah. is actually, I think, quite impressive. And all that time, they're going to be at less at less risk for all the stuff that obesity uh, puts you at risk for. So, um, to me, that seems that seems quite impressive, especially when you consider that you know it, the drug will become more available, um, yeah, and cheaper uh, and cheaper in future. And also, I mean, just to do some quick maths on that off the top of my head, right? So you're you lose fifteen percent of your body weight, say, then yeah. you put two thirds of that back on, which is ten percent. You're now five percent yes. below your original weight. That's still more than double what you would have lost through dieting for, for a diet yeah, yeah exactly exactly so that still seems that still seems pretty good even though i'm you know it must be frustrating to 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 then go back and and and, and have um you know see the see the weight increasing again um it almost feels quite cruel in the trial to to say well sorry you're not allowed to take it for a year because we want we want yeah. to see how it works but that's how you got to do these things for trials you know that's that's how yeah the trials are going cool. out so the drug yes it's um, yeah yes it yes it probably does mean you'll be on it for life or you'll put the weight back on to some extent afterwards but yeah that is true of a lot of things if you go on statins and then come off them then your blood pressure will go back up or if you go if you if you're on carbamazepine for epilepsy uh, then you'll probably have fits if you come off it uh, and you probably have yeah. to do it for life that's yeah. that's a, true Makes of a sense. lot of drugs right yeah yeah the other argument you hear an awful lot is about side effects right is mm. about uh oh you know uh you're you're gonna 
be put off food, you're going to feel sick all the time, you're going to have diarrhea, it's going to be really unpleasant Mm. to be on this drug uh, all the time. Um, I don't know what you've seen. You've seen that that reaction. I, yes, I wouldn't I want to. Take, sort of, I wouldn't want to take joy. In fact, I can tell you. Yeah, I can. T- I can tell you from a recent article from the, somewhere that that just makes life makes life miserable. That was it. There's a the um yeah. uh, life is apparently miserable on a Zempic in a and uh, one article I read wrote which I I, I I don't know. I have met one or two people on a Zempic and they seem happy enough to me, but I would love to know more. Well, it seems like it's picking anecdotes, right? Like you there's there's also media stories of people who have been on it and lost loads of weight and been delighted by that. Mm. And you know, so definitely it's true that uh there are side effects. The very common ones, vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, occur in like a third to half of people who take it so it's a lot of a lot of people will experience these symptoms totally and there are rarer ones too obviously it's harder to put numbers on them and the uncertainty is wider because they're because they're rare side effects i do think things like cancer people mention cancer oh cancer might occur later down the line when you look at the evidence that people have gathered on that it's very uncertain and actually there are false claims out there in the media about uh, what the evidence says. There's an article in the Guardian that claims that Ozempic increases the the rate of pancreatic cancer, for instance, where and it actually links to a, a study. You click that and you see that the study says the opposite. It actually says Ozempic, if anything, is associated with a lower risk of pancreatic cancer from from the data that they have in the trials. So, you know, there's an awful lot of false information out there which um, you need to be need to be careful of when you look at these side effects, but there's a bigger argument here, which is people can make decisions about this, right? Mm. Nobody's being forced to take this drug. Maybe there's an, there's some sort of sociological argument that you're pressured into taking it by society or whatever, but I don't think we're at that point yet. Nobody's forced to take this. And isn't it the case that you can look at the side effects and make up your own mind whether you want to take that risk in order to lose weight? That's what it, how it always seems to me, but that's maybe that's me like outing myself as a closet libertarian or something you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's this um sort of paternalistic thing like oh you don't you don't want to you don't want to risk these side effects but people risk side effects for medication all the time it's it's one of the the most common things that doctors have to deal with is people having side effects and then often prescribing other drugs to deal with those side effects like you know this drug causes vomiting so i'll prescribe you an anti-emetic drug to stop the vomiting which then has its own side effects and blah 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 blah. you have a sort of spider eating the fly type, it's also with surgery and stuff i know people who've had the, the, flu- the fluid glands removed when that when they've got cancer lymph nodes lymph nodes thank you yes yeah. lymph nodes removed when because yeah. uh, they've got, become cancerous and they say, you know, there's there's a trade off there. You you risk it, it some right. may somewhat reduce your risk of the cancer recurring, but it means you'll probably end up with um, fluid you know, lymphedema in your leg, and your leg swells up, and you know right. it becomes really yeah. uncomfortable. You have to make these decisions, and it's hard for right. any non specialist, and probably even for specialists, to make these decisions because you know you, you, it's all you know you're you're weighing up these pros and cons and this, but you still. We trust people to make those decisions on the whole. Yeah, with help from the doctors. And, you know, uh, if someone has a massive aversion to feeling nauseous or whatever, and that's really going to ruin their life if, they, if that happens to them, um, then they can decide, well, I'd rather lose weight a different way. That It really, it just seems such a weird criticism to say that. And the rarer side effects, I think we just really don't have enough data uh, at this point to talk about. You know, the other thing people mention is thyroid cancer. Yeah, I read that, I read that same study. It was like a, 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 a review wasn't it of the um yeah it was like a roundup of all the side effect evidence yeah and it said that pancreatic like that we basically basically said we can't rule out pancreatic cancer because we the study well, thyroid thyroid, thyroid well yes can't rule thyroid. out thyroid cancer because the, yeah. it's so rare that we have don't really see any incidents in the placebo or the um yeah or the uh, the drug and we and with the pancreas cancer it said that that we think it probably doesn't and cause uh, any extra incidents. Of yeah, I think cancer. I think it said if anything, it, it, it is like associated with a lower it. risk. But the uncertainty is so massive. Like there's just too few people in these studies. You know, you've got a few hundred people in studies. Um, they're not followed up over you know twenty years or anything. They're followed up over just a short period of time, a couple of years maybe. You don't know if these they're going to get cancer at some point later or whatever. The uncertainty is very wide. So I suppose like uh, to be, I guess, a bit flippant about it, but you're. 
like you can't you you can't rule out from the evidence in the data of those studies whether or not they increase the risk of meteorite strikes because yeah. like they no one got hit by a meteorite and you don't know yeah. what the you know the the, the this it's so maybe it makes you it makes you twenty times as likely to get hit by meteorites but it's still very unlikely so yeah exactly exactly yeah. and you can pour over these tables of side effects and find very weird things like one one thing for instance in the I think most recent two year uh, study of uh, Wegovy for weight loss. The people who got Wegovy got COVID at double the rates that people who who didn't who you know who got the placebo, and you can come up with all sorts of scenarios like maybe they were going out more because they were feeling like they'd lost weight and they were you know went out to bars where they got COVID or whatever. Hmm. But it could also just be statistical fluke weird thing. That, yeah. That, that, yeah, noise, that, uh, just noise yeah, in the exactly, data. Exactly. So like this. So okay. So like, I th- I th- there's a couple of other uh, side effects that they do that do seem to be mentioned, right? Uh, the, and yes. uh, the ones that. Uh, that seem the least crazy to me, or at least least, least unlikely, is that there's a, an increased tendency of muscle wastage. Like you just lose muscle mass when you're taking it, and and something called a zempic face, which is like you lose weight so fast that your skin starts to sag. Are, are these real things? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I mean the zempic face is more of like an anecdotal thing where right. you have. Um, your face looks older after you've been taking Ozempic. Mm. And I think there's a couple of things going on there. One, which is people lose weight really fast or faster than they would when they were dieting when, when they were on this drug. Mm. Um, and I think it can cause like relatively rapid changes in their appearance. And I think some people just because of bad luck uh, look less good maybe or look a bit older. Mm. Um, I think maybe if your face is a bit sort of rounder and fatter, maybe you look a bit younger. So it kind of makes well, sense. That funnily you look enough, older. I've often seen, I see when you see young sports people with incredibly low body fat percentages, yeah. I often think, God, you look much older than like right. 19 right. or whatever you are because your face is so hard. This you look not, quite grizzled and yeah, 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 yeah there's yeah, not totally. an ounce of fat underneath the skin. Yeah. So I yeah, wonder absolutely. if it's that or if I'm connecting two different Well, things. I think that makes sense given that the Olympic face is really just a kind of anecdotal thing that people let people people mention but there is also the thing of you have excess skin in places because you've lost weight so fast i mean that that, yeah. that happens when you lose weight quickly uh, for any reason because there was all this extra skin that developed while you were becoming fatter essentially and then there's then there's excess when the fat gets burned away and so yeah i mean that's that's an issue some people just don't mind that and again would totally take that as a side effect if it made you know, if, if they were able to become less obese, uh, some people will want plastic surgery or, you know, cosmetic surgery, I should say, for um, f- f- getting rid of all that excess skin. Um, but that seems that seems like a, such a minor, um, yeah. minor side effect. What I would like to know, and I don't know if there's any, if there's any look, is whether, you know, whether over time... You're just your skin readjusts anyway. I mean, you'd imagine it would. Your body, body, body doesn't like having stuff it's not using, does it? Yeah, so, yeah. So you'd imagine it would disappear eventually. I think what people are thinking of is like those programs, like embarrassing bodies, where you have people who are you know super obese, and then they get some sort of major surgery where actually they literally cut the fat away because these people are you know near the point of death because they're so obese, and uh, and then they have all this extra skin uh, there and. It it does look very unsightly. It mm. looks disgusting, and uh, I can totally see why people would look at that and think that looks quite grim. But mm. I think in most cases, it's you know you're going to have you maybe look a bit more jowly than you did or whatever. It's yeah. just it's just not really a um, a major concern. The, the 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 bigger concern I think is this thing about muscle wastage that you mentioned. Mm. So that's a claim that's made in quite a few places, and you see that popping up on the internet quite a lot when people talk about this. Joe Rogan mentioned it on his podcast as well, and I think that's where a lot of people. Heard it. it from sure um because obviously he's you know bodybuilder guy and interested in muscle mass and so on so you know the, the fundamental thing is you lose muscle mass when you when you do any calorie deficit diet right you, yeah. that's just something that always happens you, you lose fat but you also you also lose muscle mass and the question is whether you lose it faster when you take Ozempic or Wegovy than you do when you're just losing you know you're just using willpower to go on a diet hmm. um the evidence on this is quite scarce and people have had to dig into the studies and look at just the small amount of data that they've collected using this DEXA machine, which measures people's body fat percentage. And the problem with that is that it's quite inaccurate. Uh, it can be quite a noisy measure. You want to do it multiple times really to get an idea of, um, to get you know a clearer idea. Um, it's not like measuring someone's height or their weight. It's actually it's quite difficult to measure their percentage of body fat. Um, and we only have that for a subset of the participants in some of the trials. So the people that are making claims about this are kind of basing their claims on on not much evidence from the studies that's not their fault that's Mm. the fault of the people running the trials right novo nordisk who make 
uh, Zempic and Wegovy and anyone else who's running these trials, they should have included information on that. That's a really interesting and important uh, thing to note when you're researching this, but the information just isn't there. So um, I kind of feel like that is that's the best criticism that I've heard or the best sort of worry yeah. that I've heard about side effects um, because genuinely, you know, the evidence that is there does point to people losing muscles faster than uh, than 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 they would, uh, otherwise, yeah, than or... they would otherwise. But I do, but I, I don't know if that evidence is particularly strong, and I wish there was more data. Yeah, and, and again, it's one of those things. Like, if I were to take it, I would be annoyed at losing muscle mass because yeah. uh, I I don't feel like, like you know, I, I'm not particularly worried about my weight, and I'm it would be it would be annoyed to you know if I've been trying to do press ups and trying to build up a bit of muscle, it'd be quite it'd be a pain in the ass to lose it. But if you're BMI 36 and you're genuinely developing all sorts of health risks from being really fat, you know really fat and and it's making you unwell, then you might think, well, no one can see my muscles anyway, and they're they're mainly being used for carrying my fat around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I mean, you know, people have mentioned things like you know the sarcopenia, which is the kind of medical term for muscle wastage mm. um, and sort of major strength loss. You know that is problematic for people if they're going to lose strength. It might have kind of, you can imagine, if you think about it long enough, you can think of scenarios where, you know, they lose strength and so they lose interest in doing, you know, in, sports, in, and yeah, sports or fitness things or yeah. going to the gym or whatever. And that kind of spirals into just, you know, being uh, uh, completely reliant on this drug rather than building up better habits and whatever. So you can you can sort of, sort of see how that's going on. But it's it's basically all speculation at this point because we just don't really have very good data on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It strikes me very much as another of those things where, it's, it feels like a, a risk. You, you, if people are made aware that this is a possibility, they should be able to make the judgment. And it's not as if you can't come off as empic if it's not working for you. Know, yep. These are these are all possible things. The studies show is sponsored by Works in Progress. What's that, Tom? Ah, glad you asked, Stuart. Um, so Works in Progress is an online magazine. It's uh, one of the best places on the internet to read about new ideas and science and technology yeah. and uh, how to make progress in society. You might know it best, actually, from one of its uh, pieces called The Housing Theory of Everything. In which- oh, yeah. yeah. Did you read that one? Yeah, I the- did. Yeah, yeah. It's a great piece. Yes. So, uh, it talks about how a huge swathe of society's problems are caused by a shortage of house building. Uh, they they link it very convincingly to the fertility crisis, to climate change, to... Uh, Higher obesity rates. And they write about all sorts of other things. Uh, they've done pieces up on how to keep the world safe from asteroids. And right now on their substack notes in progress they've got a piece about tiger personalities which sounds fun yeah, yeah. yeah. and about how you normally model humans on a five fact personality while you have to describe tigers on a two axis spectrum and uh it's also the case that they've published works by such talented young authors as tom chivers that's me wow. and somewhat less talented but even younger authors such as Stuart ritchie steady on <laughs> excellent excellent writers and also us yeah uh, present company know. accepted yeah yes exactly um and it's all free and available online at worksinprogress.co yeah you should check it out you now, should back to the, the study show, show. There's, there's what you might call though the other reactions a, a sort of subset which i sort of think of as the internet internet argument you know the, the sort of internet bullshit mm. at, at, at arguments about it which or the sort of societal impacts right and it strikes me there are two broadly coming from one from the left if you like and one from the right and one is that as empic is fat phobic and telling people that they are you know that being fat is wrong and that we you know we uh, and that it's, it's unhealthy to be fat and that you sh- that you know this isn't um we're telling they're not re- you know we, that it's encouraging people to say to say you can go and just go and take this drug and stop being fat you big fatty yeah. sort of thing yeah. and there's from the other side which i think of you know sort of broadly think of as uh, from the right although maybe that's not fair is a sort of what's this you know this is and this is an end to personal responsibility why aren't you just eating less and exercising more move 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 more and eat less dummy uh, i is a sort of argument i see quite a lot and what what are your thoughts on that people are so confused about this i've seen people say that this is the end of personal responsibility because you're relying on a drug and i've also seen people say 
using this drug means that people will have to rely too much on personal responsibility because actually it's about the government. We'll, and we'll come to the government and stuff, I guess, you know, mm. the political uh, uh, it, issue yeah. in, a, in a moment because that's its own that's its own level of discussion. But it seems to me that it's it's pretty straightforwardly clear in the evidence that being obese is related to all these different health outcomes, right? So when people say fat phobia uh, uh, and so on, I just don't understand how they can account for all these studies that show that obesity is, you know, you, you do a study of any outcome and people with higher BMIs are going to have lower Life health. Or, whatever, yeah, worse health. Uh, like yeah, we saw it in COVID. saw it all the time in COVID. Right. Oh, COVID was a major example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so infectious diseases, but also non-infectious diseases, all sorts of stuff. It's a major risk factor. And yes, you can say BMI isn't perfect in cases where, you know, you've got lots of people who are bodybuilders in your sample, for instance, they're going to have a higher BMI, but it's not fat. And so that doesn't, that doesn't count totally. But I think that whole thing about, oh, BMI isn't a great measure is actually majorly overplayed because mm. in the general population, it's a perfectly good and cheap and easy measure um, that will correlate pretty strongly with almost all uh, health outcomes that doctors yeah. should should care about. The median person is not uh, does not play for, for play rugby for England, and, has, right. and their and their BMI is very much related to their body fat. You know, that's, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, at the moment, you know, maybe we'll change society in the future, and it'll all be different. But right now, Zempic will and, change it. Uh, well, maybe it will, and, and maybe, and maybe the. I think people get confused with population level and individual level stuff. Yes, for you individually, maybe it doesn't make sense to, to worry too much about your BMI because you go to the gym and you lift weights and blah blah blah. Mm. But in the general population, on average, that is clearly the case. So the fat phobia thing, I think, just falls completely flat. That article in the Guardian was really weird because it was someone saying. I'm fat, I'm very happy with being fat, but a relative said to me, hey, have you heard of this Ozempic thing? And I got upset with them. Mm. I, you know, is, that, is that your basis for writing a, an article in The Guardian that you had a slightly awkward interaction with a, with a family member? Well, a- also, doesn't it sort of tell, it, like, you're contradicting yourself there. I'm, I'm happy to be fat, but if anyone even slightly mentions it, I'm immediately not happy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you, seem, you seem quite sensitive, actually, about yeah. being fat. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I find that argument to be uh, really, really strange. The thing about lack of personal responsibility, well, actually, I think there's an interesting scientific point here because the fact that obese people put the weight back on, as we mentioned earlier, put the weight back on after they come off the Ozempic, suggests that actually there is something innate to them that makes it more difficult for them to keep that weight off. So it actually tells us that obesity is this kind of chronic condition or whatever you want to call it, mm. that people that people have, that people are kind of come to the table genetically or whatever, probably, you know, a large to, to a lar- in large part genetically. And they have this condition that makes it makes them, you know, hard to uh, stop feeling hungry when they when after they finished eating food, or or they become rapidly hungry again. Their metabolism works differently. All the stuff that people have you know had in comedy uh, routines for a long time about oh you know oh it's just my metabolism all that. I think that's probably true to some large extent. Like people aren't in direct control of this, and so you know to the extent that this drug can help them control that. Actually, it is just just leveling the leveling the playing field, and it's yeah. saying you know you you can actually have with a little bit of medical intervention. And by the way, we have medical interventions for all sorts of stuff and you know all sorts of different conditions. Um, this is just another one with a little bit of medical intervention. You can actually reduce your innate sort of cravings for food or your lack of uh, ability to you know be satiated by by eating food. So, I, to me, that seems like a kind of like a no-brainer like if that was the case that if there were people out there who had a biological condition that made them hungrier all the time and we can give them this drug that reduces that then it seems like a no-brainer yeah i mean there was a, a, a mutual friend wrote in her newsletter in a sort of um a short piece about uh Azempic saying that the, basically I, I won't name her in case she doesn't want to have um <laughs> but the yeah. uh she's she's realized what all those thin people who said oh, i can just eat whatever i like meant uh, they, they were absolutely true they were, they were telling they were telling the truth and i i you know I've, i'm lucky i don't you know i've never struggled with my weight particularly but the like, I, I i do eat what i like but what it turns out that what i want to eat isn't that much Right, you know, like I, I, I eat, I eat at meals. I don't feel any, the urge to snack and all sort of stuff. But yeah. other people don't. Other people have cravings all the time, and they're much harder to control. And it's for them, it's more like saying, you know, well, why don't you just breathe less? You know, um, <laughs> right, right, exactly. People, people are different, uh, and uh, it's not under their control necessarily. And so, yeah, and 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 all the stuff about you should just take personal responsibility. 
it's really hard to go on a diet like if especially if you if you have a genetic propensity to be obese but it's 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 really hard for anyone uh who enjoys eating food or whatever to to kind of cut or, or not not even just a diet but any anything you know something that you enjoy doing uh that you're used to doing regularly whether it's giving up cigarettes drinking people who have gambling problems all these all these kind of like slightly things that that, that go on the kind of scale of you know what, what we might call an addiction hmm. it's really hard to give these things up well, even if you're not you know chemically or whatever addicted to it yeah whatever um, that whatever that means exactly whatever that, yeah there's a blurry line there too yeah, exactly and 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 i don't know any, anything where your prescription is simply have a different personality to the one you have <laughs> seems yeah. to me not scalable right yeah like, yeah totally you know I, I always think i'm kind of lazy i don't know if that's actually true but i, I remember you know i was at school and later i find it like really hard to motivate and i still do you know I, I find it really hard to like tidy stuff up or just be on top of it be organized whatever yeah. and it's really obvious for people like my wife who are super organized and super on, on it with things and like i've got just some shit she understand me like well why don't you put that in your diary you idiot you know but it's just it's a personality difference i should i I know i should but it's really hard you know yeah totally yeah people have different personalities anyway so so here's a here's a a little uh, i think that that leads that leads us on nicely uh your dialogue with your wife here's a dialogue with uh, a doctor someone goes to the doctor uh, and he says i'm obese i've had obesity for years I'm having real trouble dieting. Mm. I've, I've tried again and again and again to to lose weight, and I I can't I can't do it. I've heard there's this drug now that you can inject that makes you able to control your cravings and makes you less hungry. Is there any chance I can try that? And then imagine if the doctor responded by saying, "No, actually, I don't think we'll be doing that. I think there's something else that we should do first. The obese person says, "What's that?" And the doctor says changing society entirely and revolutionizing everything about our economy and capitalism uh that's what we need to do in order to solve the obesity problem now imagine if that if that was what the doctor said obviously you would think that's a completely bizarre thing for doctors to say and yet that is what people are are saying in the pages of loads of our newspapers when discussing ozempic yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it should be said, this is not the only area they say that in. There's a sort of, um, you quite often get that with, uh, you know, climate change, you know, the nuclear power or whatever doesn't fix the underlying problem that we want more stuff than we uh, than is available. You know, the, the, we, we should be we should be trying to reduce the amount of stuff that people want rather than providing the stuff right. that people want. So right. kind of... That kind of tangles up with the degrowth movement and all that, all that kind of stuff. We, we can't have economic growth forever. We need to change the, 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 way, the way that society works. And yeah, a general, also a general kind of distrust of capitalism or corporations or sort of corporate uh, solutions to, to, to problems. That and involve technical quick fixes, things. right? Like the, the, which, yeah, true. Again, to, to slightly, you know, to be as charitable as possible, yeah. there are a lot of this simple fix things out there and a large percentage of them are crap especially in the world of diet nutrition right endless endless bullshit diets where people claim if you eat xyz foods you'll Mm. do it it'll drop off whether it's you know a particular kind of uh berry or if it's doing a particular kind of exercise each day and all that sort of stuff yeah that we're inundated with that stuff it pops up in adverts all the time everywhere so yeah completely i you can understand why people see like miracle weight loss drug intervention and and say Oh well, obviously that's just the same as all the bullshit things that have come before. Hmm. Yeah, and I suppose you, there's, that, that, that's one of those heuristics that almost always work, right? You know, the um, you say well, I've, I've seen ten million things come past my desk which say I can right. so I can solve it, uh, and, and so you start going, well, I'll just every, I'll just assume every single one of them is false, zero percent. The case for everything, yeah. yeah, and then one comes along that actually does seem to work, and your heuristic breaks down because you haven't got the space. Right. You haven't actually gone and investigated it for the thing it is. Right. When you're making the case, you know, that Ozempic might actually be a good thing, uh, you have to refer to the fact that there are really good, you know, there are multiple really good trials with placebo control and Mm. followed up over years and stuff like that, which we don't have anything like that for all these silly diets and things and, 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 uh, you know, supplements and pills and miracle foods and whatever that you see online. Yeah. Just, just, Just to focus on that issue of you know changing the, the way society works oh, yes. what people would say is that ozempic is just a a, a sticking plaster hmm. 
or a band-aid if you're in America for the for the the broader problem which is society puts people in a situation where they it's a bad food environment is the phrase that people jargon phrase it's an obesogenic even more jargony phrase and mm. um, that we live in a society where it's really easy to get high calorie ultra processed foods is the kind of the um the phrase at the moment we could do a whole podcast on ultra processed I foods as we well as a whole debate about that and we absolutely should but they're in that environment and Ozempic isn't going to fix it. What you need to f- fix is the whole way that foods are marketed, the whole way that foods are made, you know, the actual formulation, the amount of sugar and the amount of calories in food, um, and the way that the government allows food makers to advertise to kids and all that sort of stuff. That's what you need to change, not just giving people an injection. What do you think about that? So it's not that I think it's fundamental. It's not that I think there's that they're wrong that this is a problem right I, I like i do i do think there is that the nature of capitalism right is that it will it will it becomes really good at giving people what they want that is both its yeah. blessing and its curse you know that it, it's incredibly good at finding what people are willing to spend money on and giving them that that thing yeah so yes we, it does become incredibly good at providing us with um four cheese pizzas and uh, uh yorkie bars and all these things which are just really good right you know i have this this thing this problem though right so so like imagine let's let's imagine it's a different problem it's not obesity but it's like there's a real problem that kids don't okay we lots of parents can't afford shoes for their kids okay Okay. because of poverty and because of various societal problems which are real and deep-seated and multifaceted and some charity comes along and just provides shoes for the kids right the um you go like well you have you, you could reasonably say well that's solved that particular problem or you could say you haven't solved the underlying right. issue right. of poverty and inequality and all these things and i would say two things one it, you, you it's the perfect is the enemy of the good you solve if you solve individual problems then there are fewer problems and maybe there are other problems still to solve but like you solve the ones in front of you with the tools you have and i think that yeah. is uh, a decent starting point my second one is right if these deep-seated underlying real problems are are still really bad even after you've got you know cure uh, got rid of some chunk of them with azempic then there's still the incentive to to do to do to to try and solve them through other means right they're still there right. they're still I, yeah. if they if they have literally just been got rid of then you have solved them if they haven't been got rid of then there's still reason <laughs> yeah. to deal with them right that's so so i think it sort of falls down on its own terms that's what is my problem with it yeah, I think it yeah, it definitely weakens the argument that, you know, we're in this uncontrollably awful food environment when you can control it to some extent by giving by giving people this or making this drug available to people. Um it, I think it, it at least should cause people to reflect on 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 that. And actually, you know, I think again revealing that I might, you know, be at heart a libertarian. People do like eating you know, uh, high calorie food and it gives them a lot of pleasure. And we should at least, I'm not saying that that's the only thing that should matter because obviously people's health matters too, but it, that should at least be in the equation somewhere Yeah, that if people like enjoy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. People enjoy eating chocolate and crisps and whatever else uh, uh, that, that, you know, maybe, you know, smarter people or people from a higher socioeconomic bracket would look down upon, but actually it's actually you know, a, a a big pleasurable part of life for a lot of people. So, you know, uh, that's that's at least somewhere in the in the equation when you're when you're talking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that sort of gets overlooked. Is that actually sort of I don't know, maybe as well as being you know, maybe this is like there's a sort of utilitarian aspect of this, but people having things they want is good in my like moral framework. Right. right? You know, I would right. rather that they have access to these things they like and. That if they then say I've had enough of this thing I like I can you know the one thing that somebody who's on Ozempic said is like I, I what I now do is I spend loads of money on really expensive sushi, but like a few pieces <laughs> you know yes right, rather than right. I, I know this is something that you as a sushi fanatic will um be will admire but you know I used to like buy like hunt you know vast quantities of crap of the cheap stuff yeah exactly but now i'll go and have some omakase from some place in mayfair and have like three pieces and i'll be full and it'll taste incredible and and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that that sounds great to me that sounds like totally totally that sounds like a good thing another thing is uh thinking about evidence right what is the evidence that the government can pull some policy levers and change the whole way that people eat and their diets and everything else what is the actual evidence for that well if you look at the evidence for things like the sugar tax, which was when uh, when the government um, effectively, uh, by putting a tax on the amount of sugar in 
beverages yeah, drinks, yeah. uh, made them reformulate the you know made them reformulate the 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 the, the drinks like you know um, coke and whatever else the evidence is really weak that that actually made any difference um i wrote an article about this in the eye um a while ago if you look at the 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 data that was published it's just this kind of weird time series analysis where they're kind of cherry picking the points that look a bit lower and it's kind of only in if i remember correctly it's only in girls and not in boys and there's no real reason that we would expect that to be the case and their their reasoning seems to be really all over the place about why it would be you know only in one sex and not the other um, and it basically seemed that they were they were digging around in the noise. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say here is that the evidence we have that policy works to reduce obesity right now is quite weak. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Aside from like banning food altogether and arresting people for eating a, a burger, um, I don't actually know what would work. And anyone who tells you that they know what would work might be making a good suggestion, but I don't think they have any data behind it. Whereas, you know, if you compare that certainty of data to what we know from these randomized controlled trials of stuff like Ozempic uh, or Wegovy, it that works. That makes like people go off into the world and they lose weight on that drug compared to if they were on just a placebo. And that's like... Obviously, it's much easier to study a drug than it is to study policy. Yeah. Right? There's a, it's it's super clear that um, you know you can just do a randomized controlled trial of a drug, whereas it's unclear how to evaluate a policy and how you set that up and who exactly you're going to measure it in, how you react to the fact that you know people know the policy is coming in and they might change their behavior. Blah blah blah. There's all sorts of like important, interesting questions there about how you do the science. But the certainty of evidence we have about changing society on one hand versus giving people this drug on the other is so different. Yeah. I will, I will really- say to, to uh, there is there are other examples of policy apparently having a pretty profound effect on behavior. And I'm thinking of the smoking ban and to some extent right. alcohol. You know, both of these, there have been decades of increasing like tax increases, um, smoking bans to stop you smoking in various places, vast, you know, they've all got lots of those more expensive and also the sort of background education stroke public, you know, uh, public information campaigns, which make people aware of health consequences and some combination of those three things, plus maybe just, you know, random secular trends in society, I don't know, but um, have made it just made it so that people do smoke an awful lot less now than they used to and yeah. drink quite a lot less. So it's not it's, it's not that these things are impossible, but in the specific case of obesity, there have been a lot of things tried and, and obesity seems to keep going up. Is that fair Yeah, to yeah, you're totally right. And uh, yeah, you're right. You, uh, obviously, smoking, although I think smoking, there's drinking too, but smoking is its own thing because mm. smoking is just like so obviously bad. Like anyone can see that, um, you know, people they know will coughing all the time and blah 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 and you know, it just it just seems like such an obvious thing whereas you know having a little bit of extra uh ultra processed food uh or or having you know having drinking a full fat coke versus a diet coke you know these are things which i don't know it just it, the harm doesn't seem to be quite as obvious no so i i, I the sort of fundamental thing right well you mentioned it earlier on a bit people some people don't like the idea of curing this major societal problem with a pill right but yeah. i I think it is worth thinking of obesity in in a, in, a, in a way. It is it is indeed a problem of capitalism, but it's a problem of, that capitalism capitalism has made by solving another problem. Right, that loads. It used to be that most people starved, or were not. You know, most people were hungry all the time. It wasn't that long ago before. So since like even in Britain, a couple of hundred years, it really was a significant problem just getting enough food to live for everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's only in the last. 10 years i remember writing a story for buzzfeed back when i used to work for them when it was judged that the number of overweight people in the world had overtaken the number of underweight you know the 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 nowadays obesity is great a greater problem in the world than starvation there's a yeah that is there's progress right that's good right it's good yeah there's there's enough food for everyone there's loads more people but there's actually more food per person and more fewer people are starving and that is that is brilliant and good it is and it is done because it is achieved because our means of getting of, of developing, of creating f- food, growing food, and getting it to people uh, to where it's needed has improved. That is good, but unfortunately, fundamentally, as people get richer, the people who are less good at controlling their, you know, who, who, who want to eat more, basically, who, who have who have these stronger food urges, will yeah. struggle to will struggle to control those urges, and will you know the, the people who are prone to obesity will become obese. That's an unfortunate side effect. 
so we've already got a situation like you were saying about drugs that treating drugs side effects of drugs with new drugs and then new drugs it's yeah. a I, I get that sense this is a bit like that but it's a it's a it's a good thing starvation is worse than obesity we've managed to so but we we treated a bit we've yeah. got rid of boy we've got made some progress against starvation and mal- malnutrition instead we've got or to some degree we've got overweight and obesity and that is its own problem yeah. but it's a less bad one so I, I quite like this idea and maybe this is again says more about me than about society or about as empic but i quite like this idea that you can you, you make you you try, you try and solve some problem it comes up it throws up other rather lesser problems and then you solve those problems and as right. empic seems right. to be the way of doing that there's it, one final thing Tom. Oh, yeah. it's the positive side effect thing there's a big article in the atlantic a few weeks ago that said scientists may have accidentally discovered a self-control drug hmm. and it's this idea that if you're on ozempic you don't just have a reduced craving for food but you have a reduced craving for all sorts of other stuff as well and um, like people who had gambling problems were saying i actually feel uh, less need to gamble and i feel a bit more organized in my life i feel like i'm slightly more conscientious now that i'm on the ozempic and you know, th- this is comes from anecdotes, right? It comes from anecdotes from people. It's not like there's a study that actually tested this out. So it's very much a speculative thing. We need a lot more data on that. I'm kind of like a bit cautious about this because I think generally the psychological research on these kind of things tends to be less good. Like even if you look at the psychological data on people's cravings for food when they've been on a Zempic, it's kind of all over the place and a bit statistically not particularly good in my in my in my view like they definitely lose the weight in the objective measurements but the stuff about filling in questionnaires about how much they craved salty versus sugary food and stuff uh, i'm less convinced by that so i'm less convinced, data, yeah yeah exactly for all sorts of reasons that's not that's not particularly good. then if you look at the statistics in the trial it's not particularly good either but um the the self-control stuff i think that's worth watching and it's worth investigating but i do think we shouldn't overplay, like those of us who think that Ozempic is generally a good thing, shouldn't overplay the hand because I, I yeah, do worry that in future we'll get a trust, <laughs> an actual trial that comes along that says, although people lost weight, there was no difference to their self-control. And at that point, it just looks silly. Yeah. Although I will say that two people, when I was t- talking on Twitter about uh, Ozempic recently, two people messaged me, one saying that they drink less now and the other saying they stopped biting their nails, which is interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know, there's, there's, it does seem it does seem like there's a lot of people who experience that and it's worth it's worth, worth investigating. investigating. As it's worth investigating the other side effects and, you know, the negative ones and seeing if there's anything we can do about that as well. Right. Um, all right. So to sum up the thing, Yes. At, at the beginning, we said the Guardian thinks that uh, there's this drug that could go some way to reducing a major societal problem relatively safely and effectively, and they think that's a bad thing. I think from our conversation that we disagree. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah, we we may end up disagreeing on stuff on this podcast, but I think we're pretty much uh, on the same page with Ozempic, which is that we think it's really weird and wrong-headed that the guardian and, and other places too Very guardian, places. Yeah. they seem to publish more articles you know a disproportionate number of articles on this that they're saying that this is actually a, a a bad thing and coming up with any old spurious reason to say that it's to say that it's bad hmm. um uh, and i don't know whether you know I, I think this comes from all different motivations we've we've talked about lots of them uh the kind of anti-quick fix mentality the worrying about side effects the failing to consider you know um people's choices like there's all sorts of different reasons but it seems to me that even after you hear all these like this barrage of of complaints it still seems like this is a great drug and it's going to make a major difference in the world here's hoping all right well this has been the studies show i'm tom chivers and that was Stuart ritchie who has been telling us all about zempic thank you very much cheers Stuart. thanks very much thanks for listening take care bye-bye